Colorado, you look at Oklahoma, although it's just a medical market, the unlimited licenses always lead to an oversupply and lead to people just losing money in their investments. So it, it never seems to play out the way that people hope that it will. Now, as far as dispensaries, we, we do have a, a number of appeals out there. So I actually have five appeals out there for dispensaries. So hopefully we get those. If we don't, there's, there's d- different opportunities with mergers and acquisitions as well. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on the MK Bulls Raising Cannabis Capital Podcast, we are joined by Nicholas Ranella, the CEO of Hippos Cannabis. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here. As we talked when we were first getting started, you are officially the first Missouri cannabis company that's been on the show, at least since Rec. I can't remember back before then, but I think you are the first one. So. I have a lot of questions. When we when we hear all these states that are just fumbling their way through it and messing up one, I mean, Illinois comes to mind right away. It's so refreshing to see a state like Missouri just seems like just breeze right through the whole process. You guys are up and running. Your sales are are incredible. The state's been just done great stuff as far as that goes. Well, you're there. You're on the ground. What was it like? Tell us about the process and just give us a quick overview so the the listeners that aren't familiar with Missouri can understand what it was like. Well, first, I'm I'm happy to be on here and I'm excited to talk about the Missouri market. Like anything, everything looks a little prettier from the outside, but it's been a great market. I've, I've operated in other markets. I operated in California prior to this, and I'm originally from Illinois. And I grew up in the beverage space, so I've been working in regulated markets really my whole life. It, it, was a, it was a great transition. Part of the reason the transition was so smooth was because it was built into the regulations themselves. And so when we drafted the ballot initiative that ended up passing, that ended up in the Missouri Constitution. And so that's always a nice thing when you're doing a ballot initiative is legislators don't have a choice. They have to kind of do with whatever you've presented and so they had a, a short window of time, I believe it was either 90 or 60 days to implement the program, and that's what they did. And so we were off to the races. As anybody knows in the cannabis space, you have medical and you have recreational cannabis, and at the end of the day, it's the same thing. And so we don't have a separation of licenses. We have dual licenses in the state of Missouri, so that was also something that the state helped make things easier as well. Or if you were in good standing with your medical license, you were automatically granted your recreation license. And so there wasn't any additional red tape, which made things a lot smoother. That's great. I, I think I laugh when you say that because I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people not in the industry. And they're like, well, I only use medical medical marijuana. Right. And I'm like, I'm like oh, I don't touch that rec stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, good. Well, let's talk about let's talk about your business. I when we jumped on. You mentioned you, we started off by it's a you're, you're completely vertically integrated. So so maybe give us just give us a quick overview of your operations, and then we'll take it from there. Absolutely. So like you said, we're a vertically integrated company. Our production facility, where we cultivate and manufacture, is based in Vienna, Missouri, which is in the heart of the Ozarks. A lot of people didn't know where the Ozarks were, and then that show came out. So I'm the new age Marty Bird over here. 
you know, when I was looking where I was going to place our facility, I placed it in the center of the state. That way we can deliver to St. Louis or Kansas City within a day. I don't have to have extra drivers in, in order to facilitate that. So we looked at it from a distribution standpoint, and that's just – you look through the lenses that you were given, and that's kind of what I was given. And it's where you'll find Walmart's distributions facility. You'll find Amazon has a distribution facility. So it makes sense. We're also in the center of the country. So when federal legalization comes around, we're in a, in a, in a good part of the world to get our products to other states. So our wholesale brands, we have Sundro is one of our brands. I got my Sundro t-shirt on today. We manufacture concentrates. My lab director was actually the inventor of live resin and the inventor of the active closed loop extraction device. So we have some, I have some real talent that's working with us. And then we have three dispensaries across the state right now. So we have one in Chesterfield, um, which is a suburb of St. Louis. We have one in Columbia, which is where the University of Missouri is located, which is the only uh, school within the SEC that is located in a legal cannabis market. And then we are in Springfield, Missouri as well. So, and Springfield is a really a, a bustling town. So it, it's been very exciting. There's a lot there, but you're based in the Ozarks then. So your headquarters are in the Ozarks and then your dispensaries are in different parts of the state. Correct. Not a bad place to be based. I've never been there, but certainly watching Marty Bird running around. It, it looks like a beautiful area. It, it is a gorgeous area. And if, if you look at our, I mean, you can check us out on Instagram at OG Yields. Our production facility goes by OG Yields. And if you know about the cannabis vernacular, OG stands for ocean grown. Well, we kind of stole that and we are Ozark grown. So a little play on words there. But if you look at our Instagram, OG Yield, at Yields, you'll get to see some of the, the surrounding areas and stuff. And it is a beautiful area. Not bad. Not bad. Now, from an expansion standpoint, I don't know the rules in, in Missouri, but it seems like you are perfectly positioned to add more retail locations if that's allowed. Is that something on the, on the, on the radar for you or are we, are we good with three? <laughs> Well, we'd like to have 100 if we could, but the state has limited the licenses, which has really been one of the benefactors of all the licensees. Our licensees have been the benefactor of them limiting licenses. I mean, if you look at the states like California, you look at Colorado, you look at Oklahoma, although it's just a medical market, the unlimited licenses always lead to an oversupply and lead to people just losing money in their investments. So it, it never seems to play out the way that people hope that it will. Now, as far as dispensaries, we, we do have a, a number of appeals out there. So I actually have five appeals out there for dispensaries. So hopefully we get those. If we don't, there's, there's d different opportunities with mergers and acquisitions as well. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. So appeals would be almost like you want another license. You're appealing to the state for another license. So that's yeah. one vehicle for you for your expansion. I didn't realize the other vehicle is you could acquire somebody's license and take over. That's that's an option for you as well? Absolutely. And the state has been pretty pretty good with turning those around. I mean, it, it, there is a process. It does take time. But operators like ourselves, we're known commodities to the state. And so that's just a nearly rubber stamped. Now I say that obviously there's a lot of paperwork that's involved and you got to go through these things, but they, they know who we are. We're already approved to operate in the state of Missouri, and so the, the rest of the stuff is nearly formalities. 
Well, that that kind of brings me rolls me into the whole one of the foundations of this show is 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 raising money. I could see it over time if you were prudent about your expansion, you could be one of the almost have a eventually. I don't want to say this out loud, but a monopoly in the state if you could make enough acquisitions where you would really have some at least at least market share would be you'd be huge. No, absolutely. The state does have some limits to that. So you, the way that the regulations are set up now, which I think it's it's great. It fosters competition. So it's it's great for the consumer and it's it's great for operators. Is you can own up to ten percent of the license of the licenses in in any particular category. Um, so there's sixty cultivation licenses. So you can own up to six cultivation licenses. There is a little over 200 dispensaries. So you could own right around 20 to 22 dispensaries with common ownership. So there is a upper limit to that. Um, I think there's ways to get creative to get around some of that, but that's that's kind of how they have it set up now. And then they there is canopy limits as well within our cultivation. So you can have up to 30,000 square feet per license. We're currently operating at 15,000 square feet, which we intend on expanding on that. And that's a process where you, again, you're letting the state know, um, you're kind of showing them your plans, they give you their blessing, and then you move forward from there. Okay. Well, the expansion on any level is always expensive, especially if you have to do some acquisitions, it's going to be expensive. Will there be an opportunity somewhere in the future for investors to, to partner up with you to, part, to, to participate in this potential growth? I think that there's always opportunity. We've been blessed with a great capital partner so far, but you know I, I'm I, I always come from the belief that it's it's better to fix your roof in the summer as opposed to waiting towards the winter when it's leaking and that it's a bunch of ice on there and you can't really get up there. So I, I think really for us now is the time where we raise money and, and we kind of put those things to work before we actually are in dire need of anything. That's a great strategy. I love this analogy. That's great. What I'll do is I'll put all the information in their show notes. So if there's somebody out there that's listening right now that really like to get their foot in the door in Missouri, I, I think it'd be hard to find an operation that's growing at this rate and really has planted their flag in Missouri. Check in with Nicholas or somebody from his team, and I'm sure he'd be. And also, if you live in Missouri, check out the, the dispensaries. <laughs> Absolutely. In yeah. Nicholas. Great having you on the show. I look forward to having you on a few more times as you start to take over the state. So thanks for doing this. Appreciate you, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.